selling slack, selling, selling slack, selling slack, selling, selling slack, selling slack, selling, selling slack, Sacramento, buying the block back. Hey, Sacramento, what is going on? You are listening to 97.5 KDEE, Agent Key and Selling Sacramento. On today's episode, we are going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, There's an article that was recently released by the uh, Brookings Institute. Um, Oh, shoot. I was playing. I'm playing myself on um, Facebook Live. Let me turn that off. Okay. So there was an article recently released by the Brookings Institute called "The Devaluation of Assets in Black Neighborhoods." I want you to hear um, a video from N- MSNBC, a correspondent, and he's talking to the author. I'm going to play that for you here in a minute. It's about seven minutes long, and then we're going to come back. And I'm going to share with you some of the points of this study. And I'm going to have a special guest with me when I come back from the break. And we're going to talk about that together. And then I want to hear from you. I want to hear from our our listeners as we um, kind of dissect, talk about, discuss, elaborate on this study, this very important study that I think we need to know about. Uh, If you would like to... Tune in on Facebook. We are on Facebook Live at Selling Sacramento on the radio. And when it's time, I'll give you the number to call in. And you can also remember, if you are looking to buy or just want to have the conversation, you can call our home buyer helpline at 916-509-7100. 916-509-7100. Now I'd like to play this for you all to hear. As we try and uh, recover home ownership rates from the last uh, recession, let's take a look at how rates really restrict the upward economic mobility of African Americans. Since at least the 1940s, home ownership has been seen as a, a cornerstone of the American dream. It provides a sense of security, but it also builds wealth in the form of equity in your home. Now, through the mid 20th century, local governments and financial institutions used a practice known as redlining. They would literally draw red lines around black neighborhoods, leading to fewer municipal services, lower home values in those areas. But that was supposed to have ended. Well, a study from the Brookings Institution found that neighborhoods that are at least 50% black have an average, an average of 23% lower home values. This is serious. This devaluation, by the way, just to give you a bit about how this is done, it's measured against comparable neighborhoods, looking at absolute home price differences in neighborhoods with at least 50% black populations versus neighborhoods that have fewer than 1% black residents. It also looks at structural characteristics, the year the home was built, square footage, number of rooms. It's trying to make an apples-to-apples comparison. And it looks at neighborhood amenities, the physical landscape, the economic status, the quality of education, the types of stores available, grocery stores, things like that. When all of those are equalized, we're actually looking at, we're comparing apples to apples here. When it is equalized, homes in black neighborhoods are undervalued on average by $48,000. That is a loss 
of $156 billion in home value for millions of Americans, mostly African Americans, but also white Americans who live in majority black neighborhoods. Brookings looked at 113 different metropolitan areas that had at least one majority black neighborhood and compared home values in that majority black neighborhood to uh, home values outside of the majority black neighborhood. All of the purple, these are all purple, all of these purple areas are areas of devaluation. You can see them all over the, the, the eastern part of the country where majority black neighborhoods have lower home values than other neighborhoods that are otherwise equal. The green, you can hardly see it. There's a green here, there's a green here, green here, green here, green here. There are a few areas of appreciation where majority black neighborhoods have higher home values than non-majority uh, black neighborhoods, but the overwhelming majority of them are cases in which black neighborhoods have lower property values. The majority black neighborhoods in Florida's uh, Sebastian Vero Beach area actually have higher values compared to other neighborhoods, but there are obviously far more areas that have devaluation. Perhaps the starkest area is Lynchburg, Virginia. Black majority neighborhoods there have home values 81% lower than in other neighborhoods. The absolute home value almost totally wipes out the value of the highest appreciation in the study, which is the Sebastian Vero Beach area. This is fascinating to dig into. Joining me now is the lead author on that study, Andre Perry of the Brookings Institution. Andre, you have put into a study something that we have known of but it's so influential because it's not just about your home value. It is going back uh, decades to the home value that African Americans have tried to achieve so that they can pass on to other generations. So it is it is hurt generation after generation that African American neighborhoods have been undervalued. It means that African Americans can pass on less to their kids. Absolutely. The $156 billion that my colleagues Jonathan Rothwell at Gallup and David Harshbarger also at Brookings, the $156 billion we found in cumulative losses is really the amount of money that we use to uplift our social status. Right. So it's the money that should go to starting a business, going to college, um, improving your home, or even moving to a better neighborhood. Right. That's what we use the equity for but essentially racism is robbing people black people of that ability to uplift themselves paired with your report is some interesting uh, numbers from the national bureau of economic research that 54 percent of the wealth owned by black families is in home ownership so it is a massive source of what wealth there is in in uh, in black households so this is so critically important because it's not that home ownership is just one piece of the wealth of African Americans, it's the majority of it. Yeah, and we got to remember that black folk believe in the American dream, and we strive for the American dream. Also in the report, we found that black communities, majority black communities, hold about $600 billion worth of housing assets. There is power and strength in black communities. We are doing what we are expected to do, but we, the devaluation is taking away more opportunities to advance ourselves. The, the narrative has been that 
black folk are the problem for declining neighborhoods, that, that um, black women's marital status, that uh, um, black boys who don't pull up their pants are the reasons why black communities are not moving up. But our research clearly finds that the devaluation, the perception of, of, of a negative value yep. is robbing black uh, residents opportunities for growth. And it's a vicious cycle. Uh, I spend a lot of my time in Philadelphia, and your study found that Philadelphia, uh, close to the average of home devaluation, had a lower number uh, of, of libraries in some of those areas, lower proficiency rate for public school kids. Uh, game this out. If the value of the home is lower, it then creates a circle in which certain uh, institutions don't get settled in there, certain retailers don't come in, certain grocery stores don't come in. Yeah, you, de you devalue a neighborhood, there's a divestment, people leave the neighborhood, there's fewer municipal expenditures in the neighborhood, school quality goes down because there's just not a lot of revenue in the neighborhood. It's a vicious cycle. Um, again, um, it's not black folks' fault. These are great assets. They should be worth more, 23% uh, mm -hmm. more, and that money should be used um, for those community benefits. So I want to show you some more research from the National Bureau of Economic Research that shows uh, wealth held by white Americans uh, at the top versus wealth held by black Americans. Now, if you look uh, around the middle to the right of that screen, you see that during the Great Recession, uh, wealth falters uh, in both cases. It, it falters by a lot more because white Americans had a lot more wealth to lose. And then it comes, it comes up. Uh, whereas black wealth, again, if it's dependent on things like property, it didn't drop as much. It didn't come up. Uh, by as much either. Yeah, you know, and this is the problem. Uh, wealth gives you the ability to withstand the shocks that inevitably will come. You lose a job, you get sick, um, your, your, your son or daughter gets married. You typically leverage your, your equity to fill those gaps. Um, the inability for blacks to gain wealth hurts our ability to deal with the shocks that will come. And so what I have been advocating for is for us to clearly um, have policies that help us deal with the racism that's baked, baked into real estate agents, um, um, appraisals, and lending practices. But I'm also saying to the black community, hey, we, it, this, this report that you can get at brookings.edu, you can actually see your price and you can uh, your, what your home should be worth, and you can demand value by animating um, um, the activity in your community and say, hey, we're worth more. We deserve more. We can invest more in our black communities. Andre, great conversation, uh, great research. Thank you for joining me. Andre Perry is uh, with the Brookings Institution. Okay. So that conversation is a result of assessing the devaluation of assets in black neighborhoods study that was done by the Brookings Institution. We're going to talk about that on today's show. Uh, we're going to take a break, and I'm going to come back with my first guest. And you are listening to 97.5 FM, KDEE, Agent Key, and I am selling Sacramento. If 
Shattering the super black woman myth. Empowering, educating, educating, and encouraging sisters everywhere. This is Today's Black Woman with Jennifer Kent. Monique Greenwood is author of the book, Having What Matters. I have written a book to speak uniquely to our own experience as black women. And I think that there's some, uh, some commonalities that we share. For example, I think that many of us are definitely caught up in trying to be... Um, the, the super black woman, and uh, we really, uh, we are the givers, we are the nurturers, and that may not be the case with our white counterparts. Um, we tend to, I, mean, I think that with our white counterparts, there's a sense of entitlement that perhaps black women, certainly uh, a certain generation of black women, older black women, don't seem to have. You know, we're always the ones who are giving. Sometimes we don't think we're worthy of receiving. But we are. This is Today's Black Woman, and I'm Jennifer Kim. Selling slack, selling, selling slack, selling slack, selling, selling slack, selling slack, selling, selling slack, memento, buying the block back. Hey everyone, it's Agent Key and we are back, 97.5 FM KDEE, Selling Sacramento. And I have with me a very special guest, but he is no stranger to you all. Mr. J. King. Hi. Good afternoon. How are you? <laughs> Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I am really um, excited about having you here regarding this topic because I listen to you throughout the week when you're on and you're talking about the Community Investment Fund. Mm-hmm. You're talking about uh, the debt that's owed to us. We just were talking about that. Mm-hmm. And then you also implore people individually to level up well you know i don't even want to say level up i i, I, I like I, to say level. i know up. but you you know um to um become responsible for for, for yourself we, we have to start right. being, being responsible for ourselves um just the fact that you guys played over the air just a few minutes ago mm-hmm. um there's nothing new it's nothing out of the ordinary it's, there's nothing uncommon this is the way america has been as it relates to 
Americans of African descent mm-hmm. when it comes to our treatment, when it comes to the value of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not surprised by that. Let's talk about something. Where, there are four points in the study that I want to talk about on the <laughs> show today. I'm going to um, illustrate them straight out of the study. I want to get your take on them. Mm-hmm. And then if we have any callers that want to call in to talk about it um, after, then we'll take calls. It says, in the U.S. metropolitan areas, 10% of neighborhoods are majority black. And they are home to 41% of the black population living in metropolitan areas and 37% of the U.S. black population. These neighborhoods hold $609 billion in owner-occupied housing assets and are home to approximately 10,000 public schools and over 3 million businesses. Though most residents are black, by definition, approximately 5 million non-black Americans from every other racial and ethnic background live in majority black neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So this is something that the study brought out as it pertains to the valuation. One of the things that the study also mentioned was implicit bias, how these neighborhoods actually become majority African-American. Someone who is white comes to a neighborhood, has has the opportunity to live in the neighborhood, and they they compared apples and apples neighborhoods, had the same thing, same construction, same amenities around it. But when it came time to actually having the conversation about how the racial makeup Mm -hmm. was comprised, they opted to not live in those neighborhoods. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, you know, listen, we would would automatically uh, put the Amis on color. But it's, it's really not. A, a lot of our issues are cultural. Mm-hmm. But because we um, live in a color society where we base everything on color, uh, that's that's how we see it. But in America, it is becoming more and more culturally diverse. And we're not um, a society that ever respected, appreciated, or even discussed any culture outside of what America is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And and you have to do that now. Even Americans of African descent, mm-hmm. we are culturally different than white Americans, mm-hmm. culturally. Now, now we, we share some similarities in how we live and what we expect and our, our wants and needs. But when it comes to who we are from a cultural standpoint, even the way we interact with each other, the kind of conversations we have at the dinner table, the fact that we have a dinner table, right? If we have one, right? Um, so, I believe that you know, a lot of these studies are just that they're studies based on singular or very narrow ideas mm-hmm. about what America is. America ain't white, mm-hmm. and America don't even exist without me and you. You know, you when you to that point, something that they talked about in the video. He was saying, he, the author of the study was saying that he goes back to black neighborhoods and say, hey, animate the value of what's going on in your neighborhood so that you can demand the higher value. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question about, because I, I'm thinking if a property is worth, it's worth what it is because that's what a buyer is willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. The seller can't demand that it be higher mm-hmm. because it's worth that. There has to be something going on around it or within it to make it worth more. 
what are some of the things that we should be doing as a community in these communities to make our communities more valuable? We have to beautify our communities. You know, we have to we have to see the in, inherent value of our communities. We have to make our communities safer. Um, we have to build businesses in our community, tax-paying businesses. If you look at black businesses, there are a lot of nonprofit organizations. Nonprofit organizations don't pay taxes. So when you go to some white neighborhoods and you say, look at how they treat our neighborhood, look how they treat, they have a lot of tax-paying businesses mm-hmm. in their neighborhoods. They get, to, they get to say what they want to do with their tax-paying dollars. Mm-hmm. So they, they get the Performing Arts Center. Mm-hmm. They get the uh, library. They get the, uh, the beautiful parks. While, you, while you're talking about that, don't forget your point. Um, if you'd like to call in right now, I heard someone calling in earlier. Call in now if you'd like to, if you have a question you'd like to ask Mr. King at 916-921-5333. 916-921-5333. If you'd like to join in the discussion, go ahead and we'll take your call. You can continue. <laughs> well, I mean, when we, um, you know, this is this is part of the problem I have with us as uh, a community and black leadership is that we don't we're not honest mm-hmm. we don't have the real conversation we're supposed to have because we are trying to be politically correct at all times mm-hmm. and then you know and then and, and, and political correctness and then this other word unapologetically black those, those are two words that mm-hmm. people use it don't mean nothing to me um we're but, gonna take this call 97.5 kdee hello how you doing Larry? i'm good how are you Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, we forget that uh, the bulk of their wealth has been based off our backs. They got 400 years of free labor. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's it's very disparaging. We are, I think I saw a report the other day, we're 280 years behind mm-hmm. what it would take for us to catch up to them as far as wealth. Right. Even with all the businesses and, and whatnot. What do you say to that? Well, you no, know, he's right. But the bottom line is, you know, that's the game we're in. So we could we could either continue to talk about it or we can change the game. Mm. Um, one thing that I know about black folk is that we're resilient. Right. Um, very. We're very inventive. Uh, the fact that um, they got a 400-year start and we are right here, right where we are right now, it should be impressive mm. to us. Um, the issue I have ain't with white folks. Mm-hmm. I know what they go do. They've never done anything different from the time we've been here. Right. My issue is with us. What are we going to do different? How are we going? When are we going to see the value of who we are? When are we going to hold us accountable? Mm-hmm. When are we going to start investing in our own communities? Mm-hmm. So I don't care about what white folks say about what our, the value of our community, because I know that when we invest in our community, whatever valuation they put on it goes out the door when they see us, because we are everything. Mm-hmm. We we move the needle on everything. We move the needle whether it's in entertainment and. Whether whether it's in uh, uh, innovation, you know we're we're at the we're at the, the precipice of all of this. Mm-hmm. The question is, when will we see the value of it? Thank you, callers, so much for the call. What was your name? Uh, Terry. K Tay. Terry. Terry. He said Terry. Terry. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's some music playing playing in the background. Yeah, Ghosty um, trying to have his own little side party. <laughs> sorry about that. Thank you, Terry, so much for the call. Don't don't get on Dosty. No, that's, it's not Dosty. No, don't get on that. That's that's the big homie. Oh, my T. <laughs> got it. Got it. Uh, you guys can check him out on um, House Party Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah, on Friday night. So let's move on in the study. We have uh, in the average U.S. metropolitan area, homes in neighborhoods where the share of the population is 50 percent black are valued at roughly half the price as homes in neighborhoods with no black residents. 
And it says across metropolitan America, housing prices are systematically lower Mm -hmm. where neighborhood black population share is higher. In neighborhoods where less than 1% of the population is black, median listing prices are 341,000 compared to Mm 181,000 in majority black neighborhoods. Yeah, but listen, again, again, you know, um, see, when they they do it like that, that's on paper. But this is where, again, we become, we have to become honest as a community. Mm -hmm. You know, if you see somebody parking their car on the garage, I mean, on the the grass, Mm -hmm. you see somebody with tore up fence in the front of the house. Mm -hmm. You see people that don't take care of the house. The house is all raggedy. Mm -hmm. You see apartment buildings that are ran down because we have slumlords in our community. Mm -hmm. You you know, you start seeing, it it ain't just that it's black folk. Mm-hmm. It's the condition of the community where black folk live. Mm-hmm. So we're still talking about conditions and, and we have to change the conditions in our community, which means we have to contain, change the conditions in us. Right. And that's why I said, you know, look, the only way our communities are going to change is if we make them self-sufficient. And the, and, and the way we're going to do that is to, to own our own communities. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said, look, a thousand people, it only takes a thousand of us. Mm-hmm. If a thousand of us put up a hundred dollars a month, and then um, I'm talking to banks right now, we're going to get we're going to get a bank to match our funds. Mm-hmm. And this is the community investment fund. A- absolutely. Referencing. And then you know we're going to get the city. We're going to get some city money. Mm-hmm. And and you don't know what other philanthropists come through because they see something that they want to see happen across, not just the city or the state, but across the country. Mm-hmm. Where you're building self-sustaining communities, because once you have a self-sustaining community and you have a model for it, all of a sudden, the whole the whole country levels up. Right. Hey, that, you just, you I just used my that's why I just okay. took your word. <laughs> now we're now we're leveled up as a country. Now right. we're really leveled up. Right. Right. Because we just said, you know, Pick everybody can everybody can live at this level. Yeah. Versus. So, you know, we keep trying to build this thing from the top down mm-hmm. when we have to build it from the bottom up. Right. And so that's why, you know, when, um, you know, the community investment fund, no one person is more valuable than anybody else. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a hundred dollars of money in. You're going to put a hundred dollars of money in. He's going to put a hundred dollars of money in. She's going to put a hundred dollars of money in. So and we're not giving money away. We're investing our money. Mm-hmm. When you invest your money, it becomes capital. Right. Capital grows. Money spends. What we're good at doing is spending money. Mm-hmm. What we're not good at doing is growing capital. Right. And so, you know, doing it this way, not only are you growing your own personal wealth, you're building the wealth of your community. You're making the community more self-sufficient and, uh, and self-sustaining. Do you have time for one more call? Mm-hmm. Okay. 97.5 FM, KDEE. Ninety-seven five. Hi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fine. I have a question regarding what you guys are talking about. Yes, sir. Tell us your name. Uh, it's Raider Man. Raider Man. Okay. Hi, Raider Man. Yeah. What's your question? Hey, when do you guys have a timeline set up as to when you want to start this? You know, this fund for the hundred dollars per person. Um. Yeah. We, we're. You know what? We're setting it up. Setting it up now. What's happening is because they're. There's so many agencies that are going to be involved in this so that we do it right. You know, um, we don't want any one person to control the money. We want a real agency that understands this type of vehicle because what we're doing is going to be very unique and innovative. And our idea is to start in North Sacramento 
and then to take it across the city. So you can be invested in three or four or five different funds, you know, and you can, you know, you can have your money growing everywhere um, and then across the state and hopefully across the country. But um, there, there will be information that we, commercials that you'll start hearing in a little while, but there are a few agencies that are coming together now. We're going to meet so that we can actually put it in place and have a bank that we're going to use um, so that we can, um, so that we can start the process and, um, and grow the fund and, and start buying communities. Raider Man, thank you for your call. We're going to grab one more call. 97.5 FM. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Uh, I'm listening to you guys now, and I always talk to my buddies about investment groups and things of that nature. What's so your name? very, very intriguing. I wanted to know if there's like a, a way that I could uh, stay abreast of this. I don't want to lose this. I'm not always uh, listening to the radio. Sure. Tell so us your name. Get information. Yeah. Tell us your name real quick. Carrie Moncrease. Terry. Uh, Mr. Moncrease, what's going to happen is you're going to hear about this more and more because we're going to start running commercials in a little while once we have a meeting date and we know when we're going to meet. And, you know, we'll get it out across the city as much as, as, as much as we can on all the shows. So if you listen at any time, you'll be able to hear it. But it's coming up soon. But, again, we wanted to make sure when we did meet with people that we had um, um, a lot of things in order because this is where all the questions are going to be asked. And we want to be able to answer all the questions and I wanted experts, people that really do this, um, organizations that are um, that that have put these kind of things in place before, that have the financial wherewithal to to help us uh, work through it. So at that time, we'll we'll let you all know. And if they want to get involved, how can they God reach you? Bless. Okay, I mean, we need that. So well, you guys are like that. I tell you what you do. I want you to email me, J A Y K I N G, the number sixty two at gmail dot com jking62 at gmail.com and just say I'm 66 gmail 62 62 at gmail.com and it's with gotcha. your name with your name and number and we'll get in touch with you absolutely thanks for the call Terry no problem we know that you gotta go you gotta meet you have to be at gotta work I, I, but we appreciate it you, yeah we know you are a busy man so we definitely appreciate you taking the nah, time and I appreciate your show I love your show I think it's one of the uh, best thing that we have going. I think people like it a lot. I hear a lot about it. Thank you. And so um, you, you do great work. And I love when you do the history of the communities. I think it's really intriguing. I can't wait till you do something on Del Paso Heights. <laughs> I'm looking forward. Nice. <laughs> right. Will do. Thank you again. That was Jay King, everyone. And um, we are talking about the study that was put out by the Brookings Institution, the devaluation of assets in black neighborhoods. And it is about residential property as it pertains to black home ownership. And um, I am literally just reading from the report, sharing it with you all, and we're discussing it. Um, we are pulling out some major points from the report that the report talks about. I highlighted them through the report. And there was a video that I played earlier. I uh, let you all hear the audio. I'm gonna share that to my Facebook page. We are on Facebook. Selling Sacramento is on Facebook. If you go to Selling Sacramento, on the radio we're on live every wednesday from one to two so i will also share that video to that same page and i'll share a link to the brookings institute institution report so that you can download it and read it for yourself so number three says neighborhood quality is only part of the explanation for the devaluation of homes in black neighborhoods during the 20th century 
segregation and Jim Crow forcibly lowered the quality of neighborhood conditions for blacks and impeded their financial ability to move to better opportunities. Before I start reading this, the report, and as Mr. King was uh, saying earlier, was really revealing the conditions of our neighborhoods and how that impacts the value of so-called black neighborhoods. And the report is defining a black neighborhood as a neighborhood where there's 50% black ethnicity or higher. And we do, well, I'm saying we do, but what do you think? You know, you guys call in, call into the station, 916-921-5333. Do you think that it is the condition of our neighborhoods that is devaluing our neighborhoods? We know, as I'm going to read, that there are also some governmental policies that played a huge impact. We know that. We know what the government did. If, we, if you don't know what the government did, you keep listening to this station, keep listening to this show, and you're going to find out what the government did and is doing to impede on our neighborhoods. But do we play a role? Do we have a responsibility as blacks in our neighborhoods? Are we saying anything to ourselves, to each other, about the conditions of our neighborhoods? Um, yeah, I have opinions about everything. I can say a whole lot about that, but I want to hear what you have to say. So I'm going to keep reading this. And if you want to call in and tell me what your thoughts are, give us a call at 916-921-5333. So as we talked about Jim Crow lowering the quality of neighborhood conditions for blacks and impeding their financial ability to move forward, this occurred through deeds restrictions redlining and zoning as well as other mechanisms we're going to take this call 97.5 fm hello how are you i'm doing great how are you hey i'm doing uh pretty good today i'm hearing uh, a little reverb okay is your radio okay can you hear me now? that sounds much better what's your name uh, rodney uh yes ma'am okay did you have a question or a comment Yes, um, I had a question, a comment. Love your show. Thank you. Thank you awesome. for listening. Um, with the uh, current state of affairs of uh, black America, one of the questions that a lot of professional people have is why aren't we, as a people, with all the information and technology that we've amassed, why haven't we learned to... I, I think your radio is still up a little, high, a little okay. high. Is that better? I can hear. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Why haven't we learned to mimic and then put into action acquiring our own uh, domicile or territory? So when you say that, what do you mean? Uh, Jamaica's an island. Uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, all these smaller places. I mean, that, don't we think it's time to leave? Where would we, and this, I'm just playing devil's advocate, where do you propose we go? Well, we'll need, uh, of course, a scientific team of engineers, but just like you do any corporate uh, deal, mm -hmm. uh, you can shake someone's hand and find some place where our lives wouldn't be threatened every day. Well, how about this? Uh, did, did, did you consider this? Did you consider, I hear what you're saying. Can you take me off speaker? Am I on speaker? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I got you all speaker. Okay. Did you consider, I'm still hearing the feedback. Are we good? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm working. <laughs> okay. <laughs> African Americans built this country. Sure. Why would we leave if we built it? Because we built it as African Americans, but we've never long, known lives as free men. So is that does that mean that we need to leave, well, or does that mean well, that we need well, to step up? Well, there's a there's a term called uh, uh, dual citizenship. Mm-hmm. We would never give up our you know what little uh respect that we've we've acquired mm-hmm. but we could at least uh create a a corporate uh foundation without fear of being maybe you know bombarded or attacked like history shows us that we have because mm. every time we build they just blow it back down well i i hear the point that you're making and you know Everything we need to put everything out on the table at this point, right? So, <laughs> well, well, the way things are going, no one's ever discussed it. Yeah. I mean, if you're in your parents' house and uh, you and you, you tell your parents that you no longer agree with them, they mm-hmm. always say, "Hey, well, if you don't like it, get, get out to step and pay in. your own bill." That's right, Rodney. Because we're doing we're doing too much talking about what needs to be done, and we're forgetting we're forgetting about who we're. Hey Rodney, I need to. I'm sorry, I need to interrupt you because I want to take sure. another call. But I appreciate your point. Thank you. Absolutely, thank you. Take care. Bye bye. 97.5 FM KDEE. Hey, you got me addicted to the show already. Oh, it's my yay. first time listening to it. It's my second time calling. Awesome. I hear what Rodney's saying, but you guys are on the right path. First of all, we have to literally stand our ground. Mm-hmm. We we don't have to run and go find somebody else to uh, give us our um, accolades. Mm -hmm. We need to just step up, like you guys are already saying. Investing is the best thing to do. We need to do more history uh, research so that we'd be knowledgeable. You know, what about Black Wall Street? You know, Mm -hmm. do do we know about that? Right. I, I literally know a lot about where we've been and where we should be going, and I'm willing to participate. So that's all I had to say, and I really do appreciate your job. Tell me your name again. Carrie Moncrief. Carrie, awesome. Thank you so much for calling in, Carrie. We appreciate it. Take care. No problem. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. So, hey, everyone. Today, this is We Are Taking Your Calls to hear what you have to say about this report, about your neighborhoods, about our neighborhoods. This report is basically saying we are not taking care of our neighborhoods. So in addition to the fact that, of, in addition to what the government has done policy-wise over the decades, this report is revealing that there are conditions that exist within our neighborhoods that make people make decisions that they don't want to live there. That is what this, this report is surmising. It's also saying, it's, it's emphasizing the devaluation, but again, we we have to remember a house is only going to be worth what someone's willing to pay for it. We're going to take another call. 97.5 FM, KDEE. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good I've afternoon. been listening to the station, and I just wanted to comment on the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. As a black woman, I've drawn through uh, neighborhoods. And the black community, personally, this is just me talking, Mm -hmm. 
they do not put in the effort to keep the property up. Mm -hmm. If you want people to come in, it has to be desirable. Mm -hmm. And we have failed as a people doing that. Mm -hmm. You can count on one hand the number of people on a block mm -hmm. that has really taken it you know, took care of their property and right. kept it up where it's desirable and you want to come in there. Mm -hmm. So let's take responsibility for what we have not done mm -hmm. instead of putting it on anybody else. I appreciate that sentiment. Would you mind sharing your name with us? My name is Charlotte. I just uh, found your radio station a couple of months ago. Okay. And this is, I think, the second or third time that I've uh, listened to you, and I really enjoy it. Great. But let's take responsibility and stop passing the buck. Miss Charlotte, I appreciate that so much. Thank you for calling in, and call back anytime. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye -bye. So you all are hearing the feedback from the community. We will take one more call, and then we're going to cut for break. One more call. 97.5 FM, KDEE. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you? Um, just, just to um, add something on that, when you're trying to beautify your neighborhood or when there's legal issues, we're having some problems with your call. Are you in a Are you in a bad spot? I'm in a car. Is, is, is it coming through bad? It's It's a little sketchy. I'll call back. Okay. All right. Perfect. Well, we will take a break at this time. You are listening to ninety-seven point five FM KDEE and Selling Sacramento.
greatest pleasures in life is found when you can express yourself. Empowering, educating, educating, and encouraging sisters everywhere. This is Today's Black Woman with Jennifer Kim. Every now and then, I like to take my journal and write freely, uninhibited, and without reserve. It's in this total abandon that I find the power that comes from expressing my true self, what I really think, who I really am, what I really want out of life. Can I recommend that you do the same, even today? As progressive, busy women, it's very hard to express ourselves. Will people understand? Will they accept? Will they be okay with how I really feel? I know it's a challenge, baby, but the more we store up all of our real thoughts and real feelings and real displeasure and never get it out, the closer we come to being in real danger of losing our authenticity. Stay authentic, ladies. Express yourself today. This is Today's Black Woman. I'm Jennifer Kidd. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling slack, selling, selling slack. Selling Buying the block back. And we are back. You're listening to 97.5 FM KDEE, Agent Key and Selling Sacramento. Want to remind you that if you are considering having the conversation about real estate, about buying or selling, you just want to talk, give us a call on our home buyer helpline at 916-509-7100. 916-509-7100. And call into the station if you'd like to have the conversation today at 916-921-5333. We're going to take a call. I hear the phone's ringing. Oh, they, all right. If you'd like to call in, if you just called, we were going to take your call. You can call back. We'll take it. Uh, so I'm going to continue with the last point that the report highlights. No, I'm not. I'm going to take the call. Let's go ahead. 97.5 FM. Uh, yes, I was um, enjoying the conversation regarding uh, neighborhoods. Yes. Hi, how are you? Pretty good. Good. Uh, I think what we really need to look at, too, is economics, right, and education. Mm-hmm. Because with all the other redlining and all the other politics that happens, us as black people, and I read a book entitled The Color of Justice, mm-hmm. and it kind of depicts and talks about some of those things that were in that video mm-hmm. that you shared. But what is happening is gentrification, right? Mm-hmm. And the people that can afford to move, that can't, that can't afford to, to, to live in like places like Sacram- um, San Francisco or right. San Jose. Right, the larger cities. They're moving out to Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And they're buying up homes and, and jacking up the prices. So people that can't afford to live in those homes mm-hmm. will have to move out to the suburbs, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's economics right right that the home prices are going to be jacked up and and people of color mostly are marginalized and won't be able to even get into a home right so i I appreciate your point that you're making and it's going to be a great lead-in for the next point in the report which is the economic part of it we have to be do we need to be accountable for any of it are responsible for the condition of the neighborhoods and it sounds like, are you saying that we need to be responsible for the economic part as well as it pertains well, to us? I, I think, um, like, if you read a book called Sovereign Individual, where it talks about the, the have and the have-nots, right? And mm-hmm. the, the, the have-nots, right, are the people that are not technologists. And, and the folks on the other side are technologists. And they're 
displacing not just young adults, right, people graduating from, like, you know, college, right, but even adults, right? And mm-hmm. we, we're not educating ourselves. We're not getting the technical skills mm-hmm. to even compete. And now it's a global economy. Right. So, so you are we, saying we do have some responsibility in absolutely. educating ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's not all lost, right? There's a lot of people that want to give back, right? We just need to mobilize and trust one another and mm. start building our own and creating symbiotic relationships with these companies, right? Mm-hmm. Creating, cultivating the, the leaders, the technical technologists, mm-hmm. instead of relying on people overseas in India and other third, other countries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're outsourcing and H-1V visas. We can cultivate those same, that same leadership. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, right, we're, you know, if you look at California and Texas, it's like the first and second largest prison population in the world, right. exceeding China and Russia, right? So those are our technologists. Those are our doctors that we're carting off to prisons, right? right. But we need to start in, internally, start with the church, start educating our people with technology, mm-hmm. right? And, they, you know, there's studies saying that machine learning and AI is are going to displace a lot of people. Right. And that's just not black, right? Yeah. But we're always at the bottom uh, tier, when it comes to those types of polls. You're absolutely right. Can I get your name? My name is Jeff. Jeff, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate that insight. Thank you for calling. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. So to Jeff's point, I want to get to item number four in the report. Metropolitan areas with greater devaluation of black neighborhoods are more segregated and produce less upward mobility for the black children who grow up in these communities. Black males earn lower incomes as adults than white males, even when born to parents with similar incomes. In this sense, blacks have lower intergenerational mobility than whites, as well as Hispanics and Asians. Intriguingly, this is not true for black females, who have similar incomes as white females born to parents at the same income scale. We use this data to investigate whether or not black children raised in areas with greater devaluation of black assets experience less mobility. There are several reasons why this must be so, the report says. There are large gaps in wealth between races and residential real estate. Wealth is a major reason for this gap. If properties in black neighborhoods were priced equally as those in white neighborhoods, black children coming of age in the 90s and 2000s would have had much more wealth to draw upon to pay for things like private schooling, tutoring, travel, and educational experiences, as well as higher education and greater access to higher scoring schools in the suburbs. Greater property wealth may have also facilitated higher rates of entrepreneurship among black parents, which may have positively affected children. In fact, the report goes on to say, there is a positive correlation between the valuation of properties in black neighborhoods and upward mobility of black children whose parents had incomes at the 25th percent of the national income distribution. In other words, black children born to low-income families had higher income as adults if they grew up in a metropolitan area that valued black property closer to its observable market characteristics. This report, as I'm reading it, I'm like, hmm, hmm. There are some things about it that I'm taking that are, they're they're facts. 
they're pulling out the facts and they're pulling out the data, then I'm feeling like I'm being pulled to believe something. This is why I'm opening it up to you all, because I want to know if what I'm feeling is true. I am of the mindset, I take responsibility for myself. We could not be living at a freer time in the world right now where if you wanted to accomplish something, the only thing stopping you would be you. Living in America, living in at a time when cultural diversity is on your side, are there still things going on that, are, that present obstacles? Yes. Are there people who are racist living among us? Yes. Are there laws and policies in place that try to prevent us and have prevented us from uh, gaining momentum and moving forward? Absolutely. But are we going to continue to live in the past? Or are we going to say, but I am free now. I have a mind to think. I have access and resources and good health. And what am I going to do about it? I may not be able to change the condition of my neighbor's house or somebody else's house across the street or their actions, but I have control of my own actions. And maybe if I stepped up and took care of my own property, even if I'm renting, even if you're a renter, should renters take care of where they live? I think so. We need to do a better job, as, as some of our callers have stated. I definitely must agree. we got to do a better job at, at being responsible for our own, um, for our own stuff, for, for our own neighborhoods. As, as the callers mentioned, we've got to come together. We've got to learn to trust each other, be on the same page about what needs to happen. So shows like this and, and the others that are here on KDEE, are in alignment and in agreement with coming together and being on the same page and of the same mind about elevating and illuminating everyone to the conditions, to the past. We need to know our history, but we don't have to stay there. We need to learn it so that we understand who we are as a people and the resiliency that we have. We need to learn the past so that we understand what we've done, what we've accomplished. Our history that's been revealed to us in our school books throughout the, the years that we all attended school, that was one-sided. That was not the whole story. That was not the whole story. There's so much more. So much more. And if you hear about it, if you take the time to be a learner, if you take the time to educate yourself, you do know that what you do, your children will follow. So if you're telling your children, you need to learn this and you need to read and you need to, but you're running back and you're watching TV, guess what your children are going to do or your grandchildren? Our children emulate what they see us do. So once again, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm saying once again, this is something I'm really passionate about. I am passionate about everything I bring on the show. I will be and continue to be passionate about everything. If I present it on the show to you, it's because I'm passionate about it and I want you to know about it. I appreciate all of your calls today. Thank you, everyone. Our time 
goes by so fast. So we'll come back next week with the information about what to expect when you're buying a home. That was supposed to be our second topic. You are listening to 97.5 FM KDEE, and I am Agent Key, and we are selling Sacramento. It's gonna be a party, y'all. Grown peoples, get yourself ready for the biggest, the baddest, the funkiest event to ever hit the capital city. For the grown and sexy 35 and up crowd, the New Year's Eve white and gold extravaganza 2020, decked out in white and gold. Brought to you by the Nightlife Innovators at Old School Entertainment. The official Sacktown countdown for New Year's Eve. We invite you to come on out and join the celebration. Join the family for a night of dance. Partying and grooving like we did back in the day. A night like this only comes once a year, so you might as well make it a night to remember. We're grown folks from all over this region. Come join the party. Hosted by 97.5's only Perkins and yours truly. That's right, Trisha.